Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. God gives us this overview of history. And we see man's inhumanity to man. We see this domino effect. God sort of short circuits things. He puts boundaries on things. Uh, and we look and say, why and what? And what in the world is happening? God is working out a plan that this side of eternity, we, this side, we can't really understand. We won't understand until we get to the other side. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. In the book of Daniel, we read an overview of human history. What that history reveals is that men are sinful, rebellious, and violent. However, Daniel's prophecies also uncover the Lord's omniscience and sovereignty in human events. Pastor Ed teaches us today that though we often do not fully understand what the Lord is doing, we know that God is fully able to finish the redemptive work He started since the fall of man. Jesus' word will be completed, and as such, we can rest in His abilities to rule planet Earth. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, God Knows. picture this very cruel man who reigned somewhere around 175 to 164, way past the time of Daniel. He wrote in the 6th century. And here's this man who is going to fight the Jews. He's going to oppose the people of God. And they have the Maccabean revolts. Uh, you read about it in the book of Maccabees, uh, an apocryphal book, but some accurate history in it. But in Daniel 11, 21, 23, and 24. The next to come to power will be a despicable man who is not in line for royal succession. And he wasn't. He will slip in when least expected to take over the kingdom by flattery and intrigue with deceitful promises. Doesn't that sound like politics in general? <laughs> He will make various alliances. He will become strong despite having only a handful of followers. Without warning, he will enter the richest areas of the land. Then he will distribute among his followers the plunder and the wealth of the rich. Something his predecessors had never done. It's sort of like a, a Robin Hood. Robbing from the rich, giving to the poor. That's what this ruler was going to do, Antiochus Epiphanes. He was going to follow this prophecy that predicted exactly how he would reign hundreds of years before he ever took a breath. He reigned, as I said, from 175, Antiochus Epiphanes, 175 to 164. And what he did is he wanted the Jews to embrace the Greek culture. He outlawed the use of the Bible. He actually, because he was incensed by the Jews, actually went into the temple and he put up a statue of Zeus. And then 
To make it even worse, he took a pig and sacrificed that pig on that altar. He was desecrating the altar. He was fighting the Jewish people. And in the war, there was about 80,000 Jews in that, they say, killed men, women, and children. He, he just massacred people. He put on coins during his reign, Theos. Picture, Theos. Theos is the word for God. Antiochus Epiphanes. Antiochus Epiphanes. Epiphanes means that he was manifest. The idea that he was God manifest. What he was doing was declaring that he was God in the flesh. Now again, what you see is a foretaste, a foreshadow of the Antichrist that will come at the end of the ages. And you can see the spirit of Antichrist. You could see the spirit of Antichrist all through history in diabolical leaders. And you see it especially in him. The methods that they used to gain power and keep power were absolutely cruel. Watch his motives and watch the motives of others. In verses 11 to 12, it's talking about another king. Then in rage, the king of the south will rally against the vast forces assembled by the king of the north and will defeat them. After the enemy army is swept away, the king of the south will be filled with pride and will execute many thousands of his enemies. But his success will be short-lived. What motivates him? Pride. What motivates him? Anger. What motivates him? Revenge. You see the seed in the heart. And that seed grows into acts of atrocity. And it's like this domino effect. The First World War. The Archduke, Franz Ferdinand, was assassinated. And that was sort of a, a trigger. There was tensions, there were all sorts of other problems, but that was sort of the trigger that many say set off World War I. Over 100,000 military people killed in that war, all because of what... What goes on in the heart of a man, what goes on in the heart of an individual, it's, it's absolutely amazing. We look at what happens around our world. It's telling us, be very, very careful. Don't put your trust in men. Put your trust in God. Don't put your trust in political parties. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us this overview of history and we see man's inhumanity to man. We see this domino effect. God sort of short circuits things. He puts boundaries on things. Uh, and we look at it and say, why and what? And what in the world is happening? God is working out a plan that this side of eternity, we, this side we can't really understand. We won't understand until 
we get to the other side. But we're told that God knows all about it. Listen to this picture of Antichrist. Here's a picture of Antichrist. But then the news from the east and the north, it's in verses 44 to 45 in chapter 11, and then chapter 12, verse 1. The north will alarm him. He will set out in great anger to destroy and obliterate many. He will stop between the glorious holy mountain, that, of course, is Israel, Jerusalem, and the sea, and that's a picture of Armageddon, Megiddo, the valley of Megiddo, and will pitch his royal tents. But while he is there, his time will suddenly run out. No one will help him. At that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, Israel, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since the nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. The 20th century was the bloodiest century ever. From 1900 to 1989, there were 86 million people who died in wars. That's 2,500 every single day. You think about all of the bloodshed, it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse when Antichrist comes. It's going to be worse at the end of the ages. And God is telling us ahead of time. But notice the text that I read from chapter 12, verse 1. It states that God is going to rescue every one of his children. But if you read in those verses following it, it talks about a resurrection. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we will not bow our knee. We will not bow our knee, whether God rescues us or not. There are times that it seems like God is silent. In fact, in some of the verses that I read, it's stated that very little help was given. Very a little help was given when it talked about the Antichrist. And we're going to go on to that because... What you see is God understands and he reveals to us the plot line. It's a plot line showing us, showing the world that we cannot rule ourselves and that there's this war between good and evil. And when men try and become their own gods, it only creates disaster. God is saying, I know everything about tomorrow. Everything about the future. I also want you to know this. That there's a plot line. There's a drama playing out. Who will we serve? Who will we follow? We get caught in the crossfire. We suffer. Christians suffer. Because of all that's going on in our world. God unfolds the ramifications of history. Look at verse 36. We'll put it on the screen. The king will do as he pleases. This is speaking especially about, we think, Antichrist. The king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god, even blaspheming the god of gods. He will succeed. God's allowing this to happen. 
but only until the time of wrath is completed. God has a timeline. He has set boundaries for what has been determined will surely take place. So we're watching history unfold. God knows. He knew. He foretold these things before they ever came. What is God doing? In part, in part, God is sifting. It's a sifting process. 33 and 34 refer especially to this picture of the past, but also this picture of the future. Wise leaders will give instruction to many, but these teachers will die by fire and the sword, or they will be jailed and robbed. During these persecutions, little help will arrive. Now that's referring to the Maccabean revolt, it's referring to that specific time, but it's a picture of the past and the present and the future as well. There are not too many testimonies of men being thrown into lion's dens and being rescued. There are some. There are not a whole lot of testimonies about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going into the fiery furnace and a fourth man just walking with them and they're not even harmed. There are far more martyrs who died by the sword died by the fire, died by persecution, then were miraculously delivered. If you look at history, I mean, just think about the book of Hebrews. It tells us in the book of Hebrews, some were delivered, but many weren't delivered. What is God doing? He recognizes and sees that this world is not just all there is. Really, eternity is ahead of us which is forever and forever and forever. And we have to set our sights on living for eternity. There are many who will obtain a martyr's crown, a richer resurrection. Many saw it that way. The early Christians saw it in that way. And what God does is he is sifting. How sincere are you? How truthful are you? Why are you following? Remember when Jesus multiplied in the Gospel of John the bread and the fish and he fed the multitude? After that, they flocked to him and they said, you're the king. You're the Messiah. What they saw was a meal ticket. And Jesus preached a sermon that was offensive And the Bible says that many departed that time and they didn't serve him anymore. They just left. Jesus doesn't want us following him on false, false assumptions and with wrong motives. Follow Jesus and life will be life in the rose garden. He'll drive a rose. Life will be easy. No struggles, no persecutions. It'll all be Payday, every day. What God, I believe, is doing is he's raising up a people like unto the early church. Those apostles knew to follow Jesus meant struggle, persecution, and a battle. Jesus himself suffered 
And he tells us, take up your cross and follow me. Why are we following? Because of what we can get or because we love him? Are we following him because he's a Santa Claus in the sky? Or are we following him because he's the lover of our souls and we've been redeemed? And like Peter, we say, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Or like Job, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. In Daniel 11.32, it says this. And this is referring to the king. He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant. But people who know their God will be strong and resist him. We need to resist all the overtures of the enemy to compromise with our faith, to compromise with our love for God, to compromise with this world. We need to say, Lord, you're my first love. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to, whatever the cost, whatever the cost, I'm going to follow you. We sing that old song, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. What will get you to turn back? Not Judas, 30 pieces of silver. How much money will it take? A million? How about 10? Well, how about some fame and fortune? How about some pleasure? What will it take? For you to sell your birthright. What Jesus is looking for is men and women who will say, I will follow. I will follow. I will follow. No matter what. We are not only in a sifting process, but a refining process. It's right there in the text. In verse 35. In verse 35, it states, And some of the wise will fall victim to persecution. In this way, they will be refined and cleansed and made pure until the time of the end. For the appointed time is still to come. See, God is looking at the end. He wants us to have an abundant entrance into heaven. He doesn't want us to come in and our works are wood, hay, and stubble and just burnt up. No, he wants gold and silver. He wants you to be in heaven and to receive all of the blessings he's planned for you for eternity. And so this life is a matter of sifting So you stick in that hard situation and you just say, you know, it's a hard situation, but I'm going to serve the Lord because I know that I'm right where I should be. Maybe it's in a marriage. Maybe it's in some circumstance that you find yourself. Maybe it's in some area that you just know that you know that you know. I'm going to do God's will. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 
He refers to the prophecy of Daniel. And this prophecy, remember, has more Antiochus. He's a picture of the Antichrist at the end. And there's this double reference that prophecy often has. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 14 to 15, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, so all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration, standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. What we're going to see is, again, if Jesus tarries and we're alive, when the second coming transpires, we're going to see the Antichrist go back to Jerusalem. We're going to see him mock God. We're going to see this desecration that was like what happened in history. In 2 Thessalonians 2.4, Paul the Apostle says, referring to Antichrist, he will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God. Okay. We see the spirit of Antichrist working in our world. And it has been there. And we can see seasons where it increases and maybe diminishes at times. But we're seeing an increase in our time. God wants us to be comforted. Even when we look at however you view politics however you view the national stage, and you see turmoil and trouble and all of those things happening, remember, God outlined history. He knows who's going to be president and who's going to be vice president. He knows who's going to be elected as a senator. He knows what's going to happen with Russia. He knows what's going to happen with Iran. He knows... And in fact, it's within his parameters. So if God sits on the circle of the earth, if I believe the old chorus, he holds the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother and sister, in his hands. That should be enough. He knows the big picture and he sees all the little details that frustrate us. The cruelties, the attitudes, the domino effect that impacts from small to large, catastrophic events. And all the while he's saying, I know. And I know about what you're going through. And to know that our Heavenly Father knows about where we are and what we're going through and how we're impacted by everything around us. That should Calm, console, and comfort our hearts. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Whatever you do, however you serve. When you do it for God, it matters. It matters, it matters, it matters. Everything might seem like around us is out of control, but he's got the whole world. 
in his hands. He's got you and me, brother and sister, in his hands. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's series in the book of Daniel. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word Restore